0: Thank you.
1: Let us pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, alert us to the dangers of our sins, and redeem us for your life of justice. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 33, verses 14 to 16. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety, and this is the name by which it will be called, the Lord is our righteousness, word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from Malachi, chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness, that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Word of God, word of life.
1: This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things began, begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So be on guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. About five or six years ago, Philippe Pelletier was contracted to set up a Christmas tree in downtown Montreal. Pelletier promised that this Christmas tree would be even taller than the one in Rockefeller Center. And that is exactly what he delivered. But what this tree possessed in height, it lacked in virtually every other desirable attribute. Think Charlie Brown's Christmas, and you get the idea. The New York Times described it as ungainly and unloved, while Canada's ever more polite CTV asked if maybe Montrealers could learn to love the tree. Pelletier, for his part, seemed befuddled by the whole ordeal. After all, it was taller than the one in Rockefeller Center. It's fitting that as we begin this season of trees, the taller the better, the readings for this week are focused on the stump of a tree, Tall trees might be signs of majesty and beauty and longevity. Think about all those references to the cedars of Lebanon in the Psalms. But the stump is infinitely more interesting. Anybody can see the beauty in a redwood or an oak that touches the sky, but it takes a special kind of person to find beauty in a stump. It takes a kind of person like Jeremiah. Now you probably noticed that reading we heard from Jeremiah today doesn't really sound like Jeremiah at all. And that's because there's a turn that happens about toward the last third of the book. For most of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah is relentlessly condemning the Israelites for exploiting the poor and profiting off the marginalized. While prophets have been soaring, buildings reaching toward the heavens, Jeremiah has been warning about the ruin to come. When the Israelites think that things are going well, the prophetic word is one of judgment. But now that ruin is coming closer. The armies of King Nebuchadnezzar are advancing on the city. The destruction of their homes and the deportation of their families is all but inevitable. And so the prophet turns. Not judgment, but hope. Now hope is nice. We love hope. Who doesn't love hope? The nice thing about hope is that you can make it pretty much whatever you want it to be. Like that old shepherd fairy poster with hope embossed in big, bold letters, it's mostly a conduit for our own desires. Probably for things to be better or perfect or easier, or to use a word that's lost all of its meaning, normal. Look around this holiday season and you'll see the word hope plastered just about everywhere. But the hope that Jeremiah talks about is different. It's different in at least three ways. This is gonna be a three-point sermon today. For one, Jeremiah's hope begins with honesty. So often, our practice of hope is just a desire to look away from certain parts of the world, other people, and let's be honest, ourselves. We can be hopeful as long as we don't have to think too hard or pay attention too closely. But Jeremiah's hope actually talks about the world the way it is. Jeremiah doesn't say, well, maybe the Babylonians will change their mind and decide not to sack Jerusalem after all. Or maybe they'll get bored when they get here and we won't get deported and they'll let us keep our homes. No, Jeremiah acknowledges the situation and what's going to happen. We're going to get run over. We're going to get sent into exile. If you've read Jerry Lauro's columns on the prophets in the newsletters, you know that the prophetic task, the prophetic word, always begins with what he would call reality, which is the same thing as honesty. We can't have hope for creation if we don't understand what's actually going on. This is captured well in this famous scene from Jeremiah. Some of you may remember this, where the armies are coming in. They're about to get to Jerusalem, and what does Jeremiah do? He buys a plot of land outside the city. And he does that not because they're not going to get sent into exile. They are. But because they'll come back someday. For Jeremiah, hope isn't a way of denying reality. It's a way of confronting it. Second, this hope that Jeremiah has comes from trust in God. So often when we talk about hope, we're not exactly sure why we're supposed to be hopeful. When Starbucks or UPS puts hope on the side of their packaging, it's not wrong. It just really doesn't mean a whole lot. Hope has become, for many of us, another synonym for optimism. Things get better because they do. The arc of the universe bends toward justice on its own. Just sit back, wait it out, things will get better. But Jeremiah calls people to hope in God. And this sounds obvious, the prophet tells people to hope in God, what else are they going to say? But you have to remember, these people think they've lost their covenant with God. Trusting God really isn't obvious or natural to them. Even though God could justifiably abandon the people, Jeremiah says that God won't. God will raise up a branch from the stump of this community, and that branch is Christ, the tree of life. And third, Jeremiah's hope isn't just a way of spiritualizing our desires or a kind of catch-all term for stuff that we happen to like. Jeremiah hopes for something. In particular, in this reading, he hopes for God's justice and righteousness, which in Hebrew is mispat Sidica, which we would translate as something like social justice. It's more paternalistic than the way that we would use that word, but the point is that Jeremiah hopes for a world in which people are treated not according to the king or the social class structure or the markets, but according to the love of God. So the hope of Jeremiah isn't just a way of going back to the way things were before the Babylonians showed up. It's a hope for a better future based on God's intentions. So that's what hope is about. Honesty, God, and justice. If you think about this, it's past, present, future. We are honest about our past and our histories. We trust that God is acting in, for, and among us now, and we look for the future liberation of all God's people. So hope is all three. That's why Advent is a season when traditionally we focus on hope. Because Christ is the fullness, the realization of everything we hope for. In Jesus, God deals with our histories, our legacies, our traditions. Jesus comes into a particular world, a particular family, a particular time. He looks at the world the way it actually is. In Jesus, God acts for us. What does Jesus do? God forgives, God heals, God teaches, God frees us, God raises us from death. And in Jesus, God creates a new way of being. A community that's formed not by greed, resentment, and exceptionalism, but by justice and righteousness. Miss Pat Siddicka. There's at least one more thing we need to say about hope. So technically, this is a four-point sermon which is that hope is a practice. And so often when we talk about hope, we talk about hope as a reaction to the world around us, a feeling, or as a disposition that some people have and some people just don't. The vision of hope that Jeremiah gives us is different. Jeremiah says that whenever we try to understand the world around us more coherently, even if it doesn't bring good news to us, that that is actually an act of hope. When we listen to and create space for God, that is an act of hope, which means silence can be an act of hope. And when we imagine different ways of being community, of bringing God's justice and righteousness to earth, even if we don't have all the answers, we're engaging in a practice of hope. That practice isn't flashy, it's not attention-grabbing, it doesn't win Nobel Prizes or get on the front page of the record, it doesn't look all that important. But Jeremiah tells us that's part of the point, that if you want to find a reason for hope, you shouldn't look at the majestic or the awe-inspiring, but you should look at the stumps, the places where life seems cut off, because it's in the places where life seems cut off that we find Christ among us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's join the church around the world as we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite the assembly to sit or kneel for the reading of today's prayers.
2: In this season of watching and waiting, let us pray for all people and places that yearn for God's presence. God of presence and peace, strengthen your church around the globe to proclaim the message of your love coming to the world. Open our hearts to recognize your face in all people and in all of creation. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: God of mighty redwoods and microscopic plants, fields and city parks, the wind and the waves, be a healing balm to our wounded planet. May we nurture what you have lovingly created. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: God of equity and compassion, bring righteousness and goodness to all peoples of the earth. Give a heart of discernment and integrity to leaders in our communities. We pray especially this week for the people of Brunei, Malaysia, and Singapore. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: God of comfort and care, be present with those who watch and wait. Come to all who await births, deaths, divorces, new unions, new jobs, retirements, healing, and life transitions of every kind. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy
3: is great.
2: O God of life, you have placed us on this earth to usher in your kingdom of love and compassion. Forgive us when our social witness has failed to build bridges of peace and understanding among all peoples. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died Keep us in communion with all the saints until we, at last, find our rest in you. Hear us, O God.
1: Your mercy is great.
2: We offer these prayers in the name of the one who was and is and is yet to come, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: May the peace of the Lord be with you always and also with you. Let us pray. God, our host, look upon us in compassion and not in judgment. Draw us from hatred to love. Make the frailty of our praise a dwelling place for your glory.
3: Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and Merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ you comforted your people with the promise of the redeemer through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness and so with all the choirs of angels with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven we praise your name and join there on a handing him
1: God, Triune, how majestic is your name in all the earth! Over the eons your merciful might evolved this home, a fragile tree of life. Here by your wisdom are both life and death, growth and decay, the nest and the hunt, sunshine and storm, darkness and light. O God, Triune, you took on our flesh, in Jesus our healer. In Christ you bring life from death. We remember his cross, we laud his resurrection, for broken like bread he enlivens our body, and outpoured like wine he fills the earth with goodness. We praise you for the heart of Christ, so filled with your love for this earth. And the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you, Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. O God, triune, you create the worlds, uphold the living, and embrace the dead. Send forth your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Strengthen us for our journey with this meal, the body and blood of Christ. Give us a future that trusts in you and cares for your earth. For empowered by your promise, we rise from death to praise you again. Amen.
3: Mm -hmm. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins,
1: of Christ given for you and the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Most High God, you have come among us at this table. By the Spirit's power, form us to be bearers of your word, sharing gifts of mercy and grace with all. Through Christ Jesus, You to have a seat. We open things up for announcements, joys, concerns. That's a great advent. Yeah. The use of the second verse, "Darker midnight lies before us." We'll do that next week. We can have another homily that's about that. Uh, did anyone have anything they wanted to share? Yeah. Okay. I have a few things I want to let you know. Uh, thank you to everyone who did interfaith Thanksgiving last weekend. I know we had some people there. I hope you had fun. You probably went home with a pie, so, or you didn't, Caroline. So. No, we didn't have pie. No. Oh, you well, didn't? No, the okay. Did
0: have,
1: oh, they okay. They, they did
0: invite. Yeah.
1: Okay, so they came out okay. That's Larry good. cut the first piece. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, we, okay, okay, good. Uh, I want to let you know next weekend, next Sunday after church, uh, we'll have book wrapping for kids' books that are going to. The Nurturing Place in Jersey City, that'll be like 10.30 or so. We'll probably set up in the Fellowship Hall for that. Next week, Amanda Missy is gonna be here. She's from Bergen Volunteer Medical Initiatives. Many of you know her, she's been here before, both Zoom and in person. So she'll be back in person next Sunday. And then this week, uh, it's Advent. We'll have midweek evening prayer. It'll be sort of discussion-based, some contemplative stuff. Can you tell I haven't planned it yet? It'll be, so it'll be uh, good. That'll be Wednesday at 6.30 or so. And that'll be available on Zoom as well, so you can do either. Uh, So that is all I have in the way of announcements. It's fun to be back doing the full, I miss doing the full mass, so this is fun. Um, Why don't you stand to receive the blessing? Now is the time to wake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. May Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and practice hope. Thanks be to God.